My name is Peter Clinton and you are listening to me on Above and Beyond. again with another episode of Above and Beyond, brought to you by the Reengineering Australia Foundation. REA's mantra is to engage, inspire and educate students, teachers and industry about the value of STEM education and STEM career pathways. at the F1 in Schools World Final. I'm sitting with what could be called F1 in Schools Royalty. Pete is the only teacher that has two world championships and a number of other podium positions, so I think that nearly makes him the best STEM teacher in the world. At least that's the excuse I have. Welcome, Peter. Thanks, Mike. Given that you have had a lot of success and your students came forth again this year by just a tiny margin, what is it that you think makes a good student? Or why does a program like this connect with students? I think the... The main incentive for students to to be so inspired in this program is the uh, challenge that the boys. Well, is, we I am from a boys' school, so I often say boys, but the students certainly are challenged, and their competitive spirit for speed and to um, excel is is just created by the program. And I, and I think what's great is the rewards from the program are well publicised and at Trinity Grammar School there's been a, a reputation and, and an understanding of what the program is through, through having success over history. Our current headmaster suggests that success builds success and because they've got a whole range of resources already there, the students can look at a whole whole um, range of folios from different teams and we've been running this for probably 14 years now and the older boys are are great mentors for the younger boys and students particularly will look more to their peers than to an adult. They don't generally ask for me for advice, they'll actually look at their peers or the person slightly older than them and they'll take their word far more than they take my word so um, that's very important to have that mentorship and I think that happens with Brighton Secondary College as well. So you're saying that you're fundamentally a coach and a mentor rather than a teacher as such? I think I'm really just a facilitator, a f- facilitator of the resources and I think it's just just a couple of checks to make sure that they're not going to fail and try try to make sure that they get over each step at the, the time that it's important. You can never make a student do something. They sort themselves out in their own teams and I, I never really direct them. I just let them decide on who they want to work with and they, they just get inspired by the program itself. If we go back in time to the Stingers, which was your first group, Remarkable young 12 and 13 year old students. Yes, I think they were around that day. Too. And uh, they were our first world champions at the second F1 Schools World Final, I think. Yes, correct. I, my perception is I remember these young 12 and 13 year old kids who didn't look like world championship <laughs> material at the time, but they blew everyone away. Um, what was your memory of working with those kids and before and after? It was very memorable and I think, the, again, they're a very unique bunch of students. They worked well together. Obviously, they were, they, it was a bit tougher for them probably because of their maturity to work in a team under those dresses, but they were dedicated and their commitment was to, to work through all through the holidays 
to compete. I think it might have been in January was the competition in, yeah. in Birmingham and they were just determined to, to do well. They were very young at the time. I mean, I remember seeing them climbing underneath the tables and all that kind of stuff and uh, it seemed like keep, keeping them focused was a, was a, that was a task. Correct, yes. <laughs> uh, I think my, my duty was to pick up their garments as they walked off and uh, maybe their bags because uh, they were very good at doing that. <laughs> On national uh, television, uh, the boys said a couple of things that I didn't think was appropriate for national television. I actually suggested that and said, no, you can't talk like that on national television if you're representing our school. And, of course, the uh, reporter decided to put that in. <laughs> well, I'm not politically correct. Everybody loved it. How do you see STEM or, or if one of schools fit into that STEM category? What is it that separates or makes it fit into that slot? Oh, I think it just covers everything that you need to cover. There's no end point in how far you can investigate or actually put into practice those theories or innovations or whether it's maths, engineering, science or technology, there's, there's no limit to how you can apply that to the, to the project. And, and having applied science, technology, engineering and maths for a, a purpose that students are so excited about is the best form of learning. We were sat in on the verbal presentation, the Evolve students, which is a team that's just competed. And they spoke to the judges and personally as a professional engineer, I was gobsmacked the way the students spoke about testing regime and their thought processes for design and doing a MATLAB, MATLAB yeah. analysis of where they could make the greatest gains and where they needed to spend their time. And I thought for students to be doing that kind of analysis at school in year 11 is just mind-boggling and I felt insecure. <laughs> I don't think that in the context that here these kids that are learning stuff that it's taken me a lifetime to learn and they're just talking like it was yesterday. That's another part of the program is which is so, so good is that they're actually encouraged to collaborate with industry and almost seek out best practice in the world and actually connect with that and to apply that again to their project is is a huge learning curve for the students and uh, they yeah, they go well beyond my understanding part of that was CFDs with ANSYS and and these boys have been working on that project from year 7 some of them and they just keep coming back not not successful for a number of years but but just kept just so, so determined and committed to actually succeed so this fits with lifelong learning in the sense they keep building on, on the things they've learned before to, to come back and win. If you start with the stingers, what are the stingers doing now? Do you actually know where they're at in life? How old would they be now? They must be around 20, uh, hang on, probably, yeah, 26 would be about their age, yeah. What have they gone on to do now? I think one's got into architecture and uh, we actually had one just recently come back and be a judge for F1 in schools for the uh, national finals. One's quite successful in, I think, his media company. In 2016, you had another team, you had a collaboration team in that instance, and I think they came sixth. Oh, yeah, 2012, actually, in Abu Dhabi. That was with Kyabram. And there's some of those boys, a number of... So Hamza Brown is one that actually, during his uh, training, he actually worked at Airbus. He was actually called up. He, he would tell the story much better than I would, but he was called up and I think with about a seven-hour uh, decision, he decided to apply. Oh, he had applied, but he got to the interview stage and he flew across to London for the interview and Airbus signed him up for a year internship. Now, after he's now qualified, finished his course, he's been offered to work with Airbus um, and he's also been worked 
offered to work with Arup, one of the leading structural engineer companies in Australia. I was with Hams the other day and he made a presentation in front of 400 students and it just was mind-boggling. Very quietly spoken young man, but very, very impressive. Two years ago, you had an upset at World Champions and they went on to do some quite remarkable things. Maybe you can give us some background to that team. Why were they so good? In their first year in F1 schools, they were... They call them a rookie team, year nine. They um, won every level, so they won the uh, state finals, then the national finals, and went on to compete in Singapore. And they came fifth in the world at year nine. And then they were a little bit burnt out as, as people put their all into these, this... Um, because they were competing against students that were in first year at uni, weren't they? Right, yes. So they actually um, came back and said, oh, no, they're not... They, they found it was too, too demanding... They had a year off, then they were, got inspired again and they really wanted to come back, but there was only two members that were keen to do it. So I suggested maybe some of the leaders in two other teams might like to join them. And so we had a range of two year 11s and one year 10 and one year 9 and formed the team called Hyperdrive. And well, they still, well, still were Hyperdrive initially, but just reformed and came back to the, the finals, the world finals, and just blitzed, blitzed everybody. And Hyperdrive went on to all sorts of other things, including got to meet Harry and Megan. What's that all, what was that all about? Well, that actually came... Hugh Bowman was actually very, very uh, good with marketing and he's actually come back for these finals now as, as a judge and Kyle, also, Kyle Winkler's also come back as a judge. And uh, we've also got David Grigg, whose brother's... Andrew Grigg's been in, in... He's a team member for Team Evolve Australia. So again, we, I talked about that mentor system of, of alumni coming, still still wanting to help out. And uh, Hamza and Charlie Todd Hunter have been a couple of those members too. That, that the tradition keeps going. So um, we're, we're, I'm very lucky that they actually can help current students, and and it continues. It's just like an on. It feeds itself. So Harry and Megan. That's Harry and Megan. I've died with, that's right. <laughs> so back to Hugh. Hugh's um, a great networking guy, and it was through the Australian Grand Prix Corporation. Uh, Andrew Wester got invited the the team Hyperdrive to set up the racetrack at Government House on the official welcome ceremony or welcoming of the um, opening for the Australian Grand Prix. So. That was a great night, warm night. They had music, food, a lot of lot of celebrities, and the general F one and the governor. Um, yeah, and the governor and the governor basically uh, was was wrapped in their program, and it was set up. The track was set up in the dining room, and anyway, that was. She was so impressed that decided she'd really like to have the the track set up down on top of the dining room table. Uh, I think it was quite a 1798 um, Spanish oak table, so my responsibility to look after it. So uh, I said, oh, I suppose we can actually do something about creating a, raising the track up high enough and protecting the table. So, um, yeah, anyway, Harry and Megan had a, a, uh, a race. We had Daniel Andrews there and it was the, the media loved that as, a, as a, a feature point, I think, for one of the experiences. I, it keeps coming up a number of times in places you wouldn't see the clip that just uh, has been used uh, numerous times. People in Russia <laughs> who were travelling on holiday and they rang me up and said it had just been on the news in Russia. So I think it's the most media coverage that we've had from anything. <laughs> so what were Harry and Meghan like? You got oh, to meet delightful. them. They're just as you see them on on uh, TV. They're just uh, engaging and relaxed and interested, which is really nice to see. They're just uh, very warm, warm people. 
just as you would expect and, and how they portray themselves on media. So within the school, you, you, know, you said before, success breeds success. Are things like that Megan and Harry add all the time to the school. Does that also build in the school? Do all the other kids in the school recognise what, what's going down? It's interesting. There's there's not a lot of talk about it. I, th- I think the, the the school likes it's obviously it was marketed on their webpage. It's, yeah, it's probably not a lot of comment. I mean, at the time it was great. You know, everyone thought what a great opportunity and and. Uh, but I think it just builds on on what's happened, the, the history of F1 in schools in, at Trinity, and we just it just builds a, as a reputation that the students have been very successful, and we have we do have students coming to the school, particularly just just interested in in that program and and in our design technology department. So um, it is a growing department. Um, very pleased to have been getting involved with F1 in schools because it's you couldn't get a better marketing. <laughs> so the marketing does work. It does. <laughs> so if you were to talk to a teacher and to explain what they, how they need to be committed to the process or not committed to the process, how much effort's involved, what, what would you do as a lead-in for them? How would you explain F1 to them in terms of the effort that's required? I would recommend the program be purely due to the inspiring students to excel in education. So do you, do you see, the, does the program improve the performance of students in other subjects? Does it have an impact on desire to, to be educated or to engage with education generally? Yes, I'd say definitely. It's, it would be hard to measure, but it's certainly not for the faint-hearted. The students want to get involved are usually the ones that like a challenge and... Uh, the way we run it, it's it's pure. I, the way I run it is really just co-curricular. I, I just prov- provide resources for them and support for them. I really let the students run the program or run their project and create their own team team they want to work with. It's very self-motivated with the students, and and they are self-motivated. So you do go hunting for students. The students come to you. They do. Yeah. So to create world champions, what's your advice? If you wanted to tell another teacher how to create world champions, what would you advise them to do? I don't think a teacher can create world champions. It's the students that need to drive themselves. Good example, Team Evolve, they were so determined that the folios, the electronic folio submission was at 10am on a Saturday morning and our boys are thick in the middle of exams and because they're taking a week and a half away from school they had to do exams before the event and some after the event the only time they could really get together was friday night and they didn't sleep all night they did an all-nighter and submitted it around about 9 a.m 9 30 probably a.m on saturday morning including some of their mentors from other other teams have actually went through and and uh they basically didn't didn't sleep it's remarkable for high school students to put that much effort into something, particularly schoolwork, if that's the term. I don't think they'd uh, do an all-nighter for any of their other exams they had at school. So the kids going through in this team in, in Evolve, where do you think they will end up? Well, what careers will they follow? I don't think I could really predict that. I think they they have a passion for engineering, but it's not just an engineering program. It's You, you can bring a whole range of talents and skills into. So whether it's graphic design, whether it's project management, um, I think our team manager, he actually studied a couple of books and read some articles for in project management for this particular competition. And maybe he's, that's probably where his passion might lie after school. And certainly he's gone on to do a lot of marketing. He's, uh, we just saw him today. He's, uh, he actually... Uh, create all the lanyards for, for F1 in schools now and that was part of his, his uh, F1 in schools project. Uh, he's networked with the, the F, F1 
security. He's walking around with a VIP pass. He just just went and uh, asked for one and got one. Well, it's been wonderful to talk to royalty. I can call you that. And you're the only person with two world championships under your belt and many other placings as well, which is absolutely fantastic. And I think the whole world knows when Trinity's turning up that they're in trouble or they've got a lot of competition. And it's been wonderful, again, to see your kids do so well on the world stage. So thank you for your time and having a chat. Thanks very much, Mike. Uh, it wouldn't happen without Mike Myers and the REA Foundation. We've had some superb support. It's been a very happy family. I feel part of the REA family. Thank you. Uh, thanks, Peter.